Sleeper 2020, a series of conversations with explorers, artists and thinkers in the world of hospitality experience and design. Hello and welcome to this Sleeper 2020 podcast. I'm Guy Dietrich, Editor-at-Large of Sleeper magazine. We are picking up where we left off with our real-life events earlier this year to celebrate our 20th anniversary. This is a series of conversations with leading explorers, thinkers and artists in hospitality experience and design. Our aim is to take a long-term view, looking at where the worlds of hospitality and travel may be headed over the next two decades. We will look at the themes, trends and topics that will shape the landscape in years to come. And of course, we will now be looking at this through the lens of our new reality and how the coronavirus may alter or accelerate that future. Today, we're speaking to Adam Tahani, founder of Tahani Design and Alessia Genova, managing partner. Adam established Tahani Design in 1978 and in those intervening 40 plus years has created some of the world's most sophisticated, elegant and sensorial hospitality interiors from their New York base. A large part of their portfolio is in the F&B sector, collaborating closely with a leading number of internationally acclaimed chefs, including Wolfgang Puck, Thomas Keller, Heston Blumenthal, amongst others. Moreover, Adam actually co-owned and ran the Remy restaurants in New York for 25 years. In the hotel sphere, I recall well my stay at the intriguingly seductive deep red interiors of the LF Hotel in Rome, a winner at our 2003 Ahead Europe Awards. Jumping forwards, the Four Seasons Dubai DIFC was winner of the Hotel of the Year Award at the Ahead Middle East and Africa Awards in 2017. More recently, the studio has looked to the interiors of a hospitality speciality, that of cruise ship design, working with some of the biggest names in the business, Holland America Line, Seabourn, Costa Cruises, where Adam is creative director and holds the same post for Cunard. Alessia, like Adam, studied at the Politecnico in Milan, following her love of maths and drawing by being accepted on both the aerospace engineering and interior design courses. Hearing Adam speak at the Milano Salone at the end of her first year, she knew she had made the right choice. And after well over a decade in the New York studio, she was appointed managing partner earlier this year. Highlight clients include Oberoi, Mandarin Oriental, and Belmond. Welcome to our Sleeper 2020 podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Guy. Thank you, Guy. Good to have you along with us. I would just like to ask you, Adam, if you wouldn't mind, just to take us up to date with some of your your latest projects and, and what you're up to. First of all, thank you, Sleeper, for this great opportunity. We we love being with you. Uh, we are a little bit far, but you guys are close to our hearts. So we are continuing to finalize two major hotel projects. Uh, they're both in the works. One is the Mandarin Oriental Istanbul on the Bosphorus, and the other one is the uh, Mandarin Oriental in Riyadh. Uh, That's a retrofit of an existing hotel, while the Istanbul project is a new build. Also under construction with uh, Seaborne Ventures. This is a ultra-luxury expedition vessel for the Seaborne brand. 135 cabins, destination Antarctica. We are redesigning five food and beverage venues in a major resort in Hawaii. We also did a beautiful residential complex called Victoria Place on the island of Honolulu. We have four independent restaurants we're working on, which are pretty much on hold at the moment, and uh, ongoing projects at the Breakers Hotel in Palm Beach. I'd like to ask each of you in turn, Adam, perhaps you'll start. When was the last time you got on a plane? Where were you going or, or where were you coming back from? 
To answer your question, um, I was in Genova, Italy, uh, for the christening of the Costa Smeralda ship on February 22nd. I spent the night on the ship partying with a lot of people. From there, the ship sailed to uh, Marseille. And the following day, I got off in Marseille. That was February 23rd and flew to Paris where we have a little apartment and my wife was there and um, had a short trip to to Geneva and returned to New York from Paris uh, on American Airlines on March 1st. Alessia, how about you? When were you last on a plane? As you can imagine, I travel a bit less than Adam, luckily, but it was actually uh, January 4th when I was coming back from Italy after Christmas vacation. And I definitely remember one thing. It was one of these flights that it was super packed and overbooked that you don't, uh, you know, you don't miss it that much. So um, last time I was on a plane, it was from Milano to New York five months ago. So looking beyond the COVID-19 pandemic, what do you guys think will be the main global shift in the way we travel, broad travel patterns? You know, I want to just look back for the, the, the past 20 years, because uh, some wise man once told me that you never know where you're going to unless you know where you're coming from. So with that thought is, is that one of the most apparent shifts in travel globally in the past 20 years was towards more uh, experiential travel, more like immersive and tailored experiences came to the forefront. And everything shifted towards the customization uh, and the more personal experience rather than cookie cutters. I hope you will agree with me that travel, at the same time, influencers came into the picture, things that we never met before. The Instagrammable moments have become, uh, you know, almost an essential part of travel. Uh, but all of this is, is showing up as a, you know, when you hunt for snapshots and selfies, uh, the, the whole idea of why you travel, where are you going to, uh, what does that mean, and how is it going to work out, it's, it's, a, it's a completely new world. So looking forward, I imagine that the expectations of personalization will only continue to rise. So one thing uh, I noticed, too, during this time of not traveling is just how much time goes into the business of travel. You know, the the planning, the booking, the reserving restaurants, the the time at the airports. We finally realized that all of this, I wouldn't say wasted time, but it's uh, time-consuming work can be used for other things, you know. So perhaps... If there's one positive thing that, that, that will come out of this pandemic is perhaps will be a better balance between technology, traditional modes of service, personalization, and a better use of our time, streamlining processes without losing the vital human connection. Absolutely. I think that's clear, isn't it? We will spend a lot more time being a lot more careful about where and when and how often we travel. Alessia, anything to add on that as in terms of general travel uh, travel trends and how you think travel might look like in 2040? Well, as uh, Adam said, I think it's a bit difficult to predict like uh, 20 years uh, 
from now. And I think that most probably hospitality design, as well as design in general, will be impacted like uh, partially by this time, or at least initially. But thinking about the long future, I think that the foundation of the hospitality, what hospitality means, will not and cannot change. Because um, the meaning of hospitality is, uh, you know, whatever it comes with it, which is the expectation of the service you get, the comfort, the experience, and all of these will remain the focus of, of it. And I think design will still be driven by uh, this, um, this meaning and, and this, um, this, this item, this like uh, expectation. So um, we will design, I think, maybe solution for a future that will require more like for multifunctional spaces, more flexibility. Uh, there will be hopefully is a more balance between the personal and the virtual connectivity. I think that will be uh, something that, uh, you know, what will remain and what potentially will change and uh, design will uh, raise to the, these occasions. Yeah, I, I would like to, to confirm, really, to, to support what Alessia is saying, because, um, you know, the initial return to normal, in my opinion, will be to restore the comfort and freedom of public interaction. I think what, what, what this pandemic created um, is, is an existential crisis. We are deprived of our freedoms freedom to get out of our house, the freedom to communicate with our friends, the freedom to be together with people. I mean, that, that's that's such a profound sentiment that nobody will ever will agree to live without any of these things. You know, it's like taking away your freedom. So once uh, we, we restore confidence that, that the pandemic is under control and hopefully, God willing, shortly a vaccine and a cure, uh, people are going to celebrate their freedom in, in some amazing ways. I mean, you know, and hospitality, I think, will be right on top. Let's move on. Um, I'd like to develop some of these ideas, looking at design more specifically, and take a look at how hotels themselves might look in 20 years' time. So with that in mind, let's do a little tour, perhaps, of the hotel and, and have a look at, for example, how the new lobby or an entrance area of a, the hotel of the future might look at. And then we'll jump through other parts of the hotel at the same time. But let's start at the very beginning, at the entrance. How does that uh, going to look for you guys? I think that technology will for sure be more and more present in our lives, especially in 20 years from now, because it will be part of our lives. I mean, who knows, uh, you know, if we don't have a chip really under our skin. So, uh, and uh, we open the door just passing by. Um, so I think that in instance, there will be, uh, definitely we will see technology implementing in this way. And, you know, you will enter a hotel if you want, you don't have to uh, stop by a front desk. You can just go straight to your room because you will be able to do everything ahead of time. Technology will allow that. 
no doubt. And most probably, I think that, you know, when we talk about hospitality, there are different uh, experience and different uh, level of hospitality because the occasion are different. Uh, when you travel and you stay in a hotel, you stay for business, you can stay for pleasure, you go on a city or in a resort, and there are different levels of, uh, of travel. I think that perhaps in a hotel that maybe are three or four star hotel, the smart devices and the technology could play um, not a more relevant, but people might use technology more, while maybe in the ultra luxury, technology will be available, will be present. Uh, you have the choice, of course, to uh, go with it. But eventually, I think it will become even more private and exclusive uh, services. So you will still enter the hotel and not seeing anyone. But instead of using a phone or trying to figure out, you know, whatever is the technology to go through, I think that uh, you will go and see that we will have a personal butler or a private concierge. This like human service will expand in a private way. Maybe you don't see it. Uh, the other people will not see it. But I see that uh, this is, uh, in my opinion, what, uh, what will happen. Technology will definitely be available. And, uh, um, you know, most probably as natural as you don't have to think about it. But there will be a lot of people that will prefer still to, to have the human connection. And so I think there will be two, two things we will see. I, I agree with, with Alessia. We, as we mentioned before, the experiential offerings, uh, they, they'll be everything for everybody. And, and you can pick and choose. You can really pick and choose if you are the, the kind of a touchy-feely person and you want to, somebody to, to take care of you personally or you want the anonymity of to be able to check in the place and leave without any leaving any trace almost. So, so how, how do you think this will be interpreted through the design of, of the lobby space, the entrance to the hotel? We talked about the wow factor on, on arrival and setting the scene uh, and perhaps starting to tell the story of the, the, the property or the location. Um, but in physical reality, how is this going to look uh, in, in, in the lobby uh, entrance area of a hotel? Well, in, in, in my opinion, each case, uh, it, it's very hard to generalize because uh, to me, uh, hotels, uh, the, the, the whole uh, ethos behind the hotel to me is the, the fact that it's site-specific, that it, 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 it's true to its location, it's true to its uh, you know, ethos and so on and so forth. So this will manifest itself in many different ways. Uh, depends on the interpretation of the designer, but uh, you can you can certainly uh, uh, project uh, the 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 feeling of a you know beautiful space that doesn't have a soul in it, but it's still magnificent and it still says something. Or versus a hotel when you walk in and the, the, the smile on the first person's face and the flowers are the ones that tell you that this is the kind of hospitality you're going to get. So uh, it, 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 it depends on case to case, I think. Let's move on. Adam, something that's particularly close to your heart. How do, the, uh, do you think the dining and F&B areas of a property will change in the next couple of decades? Um, I think we're going to see uh, two things. Loosening of the floor plan, meaning more space, less tables, 
That's a social distancing type uh, reaction, yeah? It is, because I think that when it comes to fine dining in particular, the social distancing is the issue. It's not an issue of cleanliness and sterility. And, uh, you know, every restaurant that we work with, uh, especially the cruise ships, uh, the, the, the technology of the materials and the cleanliness, I mean, it's not even uh, a discussion. I mean, it's it's... It's it's the same as when you, you tell people, oh, you have to watch out. It has to be sustainable. I mean, it, it it's 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 part of our DNA at this point. It's not. There's no discussion. All of our clients are super uh, careful always about cleanliness, maintenance, the quality of materials. This is is not an issue. And if people think that that, that the coronavirus brought it into into light, uh, it's it's completely not true. I mean, it's been. A, st- a standard of the industry for years and years. Um, but the, the social distancing is a new idea, especially in places like New York, where real estate is so expensive that you cram in the people one next to each other, one on top of each other, because you have to make a living in order to be able to pay enormous rents. So, Adam, if, if we're going to see a restaurant with half the number of covers uh, in, in, in the restaurant, does that mean the food's going to cost twice as much? Well, if the rents are the same and the, and, the, and the salaries of the chefs are the same and the cost of the food is the same, then you might have to raise prices. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I haven't been a restaurateur in quite some time, and I thank God that I'm out of it. But um, I, I just wanted to mention, like, we, we are, we are, um, we are, I'm working on a project with my people just now as we speak. Uh, I'm you know, the philosophy is that thinking about what restaurants will look like as they start to reopen uh, is stressful. But not thinking about this is disastrous. With this in mind, we are offering our clients a design solution. We designed a series of attractive screens that match the existing interiors of each individual restaurant. It just adapts uh, to help navigate uh, the recreation of a safe, comfortable, and beautiful dining environment. Uh, These screens are all lightweight, easily movable, easily storable, can simply be cleaned and maintained, which goes without saying. They'll give people a peace of mind more than anything. The idea came... (laughs) To me, I mean, I was reading the history of restaurant design. And, you know, in the 18th, 19th century, um, men would go out to dinner uh, with their mistresses, not with their wives. And all the restaurants, fancy restaurants in Paris, had these screens that they would take out and put around your table. (laughs) So, you know, this is what what we call sort of what I mentioned is public privacy. I mean, the fact that you can walk into a place Everybody sees the mistress, but then they bring the screen. So leaves a little bit of, you know, to imagination, but it creates this, this, you know, sexy little, you know, public privacy. So I thought this like an anecdote. This could be fun. Really about state of mind, about giving people, you say, you know what, an added layer of comfort. I mean, you know, it's the hospitality business. We we need, you know, we, are, you know, as they say, client is not always right, but is always the client. So, sir, can I bring you a little bit of a piece of of 
of tranquility in the form of a design, a beautiful design piece. Let's move on to the guest room, probably the most important part of, of a hospitality experience. Alessia, how about you? What do you think the hotel room of 20 years time will look like? I think we still have a bed, hopefully. Uh, we'll not sleep in standing. Um, um, I think that uh, also here we'll see technology uh, taking, you know, like um, a significant role, not necessarily just as an addition, meaning like everything will be more technological or, you know, we already seen obviously the implementation of how technology can uh, uh, allows the guests to use uh, the the room, right? I mean, for controlling the lights and the shade and everything you need, even if you're not in your room, probably like uh, very soon as it happens in your home. Uh, but I think technology is uh, um, is basically shaping uh, the way we behave and we use the space. To make an example, I'm just thinking, you know, like uh, most probably like, the fascia of like the 30 years old traveler in 20 years from now, today are 10 years old kids that they are like experiencing homeschooling via Zoom. So what I'm saying is that they obviously is a generation that uh, he only knows how to, you know, use iPhone, iPad, computer. Uh, so to this will be the way you work. And so the desk will probably disappear. They're already disappearing. You know, the way you lounge in your living space in the room is different. Uh, you will not have probably a dining table. Uh, you will have more of like a lower table. So it, that's what I, what I think is that um, uh, the space and the type of furniture will obviously in 20 years from now will not change. I mean, didn't change in 20 years time but it will change the, the type of furniture you have because it changed the way you work, you dine, you uh, have a social life, I mean, in, entertain in your room. Um, so I think that will be the aspect that uh, we'll see uh, different. Also, uh, I think that uh, more of like the fitness part will come into place in a room. We are starting to see the first uh, implementation with, you know, having a bike because now having a bike in your room, it means uh, uh, being like in a, a spinning class. It's not just, you don't exercise anymore by yourself, even if you have one bike. You know, there are like these uh, mirror fitness mirror things. So I think the rooms, uh, it will allow, it will be more multifunctional probably a little bit. Um, just because, uh, you know, for new hotels, eventually there will be more space, but there will be a lot of hotels that uh, will still have limited, uh, limited public space, maybe. So they will, there will be more flexibility, I think, or on due to technology, you will be able to use your room for, for more purposes. So. If I may jump in, there are two other elements in the room that will be um, highly, uh, you know, sophisticated and developed. One is the bathroom, the fixtures, the the, the way uh, we will be uh, keeping our um, body, you know, working and moving and so on and so forth, and the lighting. The lighting, I'm sure, in within 20 years, they'll be super interesting uh, opportunities of from conservation reasons and, and quality of lighting and 
uh, and the moods and so on and so forth. All of this is going to definitely come into play uh, when we design rooms for hotels 20 years from now. Absolutely. I think a multifunctional room is, is certainly something people are looking very closely at. What about materials? Do you think that there's a certain element uh, to do with uh, new materials? Yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, the sanitation passed in the all sanitation requirements uh, as far as uh, sustainability. All, all these words, as I mentioned before, um, are no longer talking points. They are, they are just they're part of our DNA. I mean, uh, I don't need to ask anybody in my office, oh, I, did you pick a sustainable material? I mean, they look at me like, uh, what kind of a dinosaur am I? Um, you know, technology has to implement it be implemented in a way that 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 is not in your face. It's seamless, but it is it is in your DNA. You 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 will walk into the room and you know that everything in the room has been vetted, scrutinized, reinvented, retested because it is the norm. It's not the exception. Let's look at the, the role of spa and wellness, um, Alessia, perhaps with, with regard to the hospitality environment and how this may change and become, uh, well, you tell me, where, where do you think hospitality and wellness is, uh, is going to sort of inter intersect uh, in the future? I think that uh, spa and wellness uh, will be more and more uh, leaning toward like customization, personalization. Uh, and here I'm talking about uh, tailored treatments, uh, nutritional guidance, uh, custom workouts, uh, all these kind of uh, uh, program, let's say, that put the persona at the center, right? So um, it's something that, of course, you know, uh, we are starting to experience and in 20 years from now will be the norma. Again, I, I mentioned a few times during this interview the words technology and again, it's not that I'm a fan of technology, but, you know, uh, we are uh, in, uh, in an era where technology is part of our life. And I think, again, also for uh, fitness, for um, the technology will play a role that will be key to try to put, again, the persona at the center. Because, you know, through all these apps that we are already using today, um, you will. I hope that you know. I think that in in the hospitality industry, they will be uh, basically able to see which is your routine. Uh, you they will know already. You know uh, which type of class you are taking, uh, how many times you go to run, and uh, you know if you take uh, Zumba, yoga, whatever. And probably when you arrive at the hotel, you know you get uh, all your set prepared for like uh, your yoga class, your. Um, personal trainer that is specialized in whatever you used to train every day. So I, I think and I hope that technology will be played, we will be used to, uh, to put again the persona and focus on uh, the health, the well-being, the sustainable, the, um, the keep the personality. So again, as Adam was saying, that the technology will be uh, hidden, concealed somewhere to put the persona and, and um and the people at the center again a bit. Um, um, I think that's what, what will happen, especially on, on wellness and, and uh, 
Certainly, I think there'll be a high use of, of, of data to personalize an experience in terms of determining whether a certain person likes that sort of pillow, for example, in terms of a, a better night's sleep. Um, do you not think there's going to be a more, more of a reaction or, or there will be a change towards a more um, a holistic approach to, to spa and wellness? So it's not just uh, limited to uh, a, a couple of menu options on the, on the, uh, on the, in the dining room and a, and a fancy spa with lots of treatments, but something that sort of goes further in the the hotel experience throughout the hotel, I'm thinking here of biophilia, for example, uh, and other aspects of of hospitality of design that could uh, introduce more of a wellness element uh, to the whole hotel experience. Yeah, I think I think so. I think it will be so uh, a part like that will play like a big role in our daily life. That cannot be just uh, tailored to an area of uh, of the hotel. I think it will be part of the hotel, part of your experience. I mean, I think we need to remember that when we design, we design experience. And uh, experience and uh, human, uh, uh, I hope, uh, will uh, remain human and not uh, uh, something else. So, yes, for sure. I, I think there will be, we will see that. Yes, let's hope we keep hospitality uh, right at the, the fore of, a, of being a human experience uh, and, uh, and, and nothing less than that. Guys, I think we probably need to to uh, to to wrap it up a little bit uh, now, if I if I may. Um, and uh, just a last uh, sort of um, outro. Um, if you uh, as now couldn't travel, uh, where would you like to be right now? If you we had to be stuck somewhere, where would you like to be? For me, like uh, first choice right now will be being like uh, in uh, in the nature, like anywhere surrounded by nature and just fresh air. Usually this time of the year, I spend my first weekend at the beach, like in the Caribbean. So that is probably where I would like to be right now, especially after like a lockdown in New York City, like, you know, small apartments. Um, and uh, we just have friends and the book, uh, no Zoom, no <laughs> anything else. But, um, and this is where I would like to be, but where I hope uh, to go is actually maybe back home and take, uh, you know, the same flight uh, I took on January 4th, uh, going back to Italy, maybe not that back, then we'd be fine too. Adam, how about you? Where would you like to be right now? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more prosaic and, and, and I'm torn between uh, a brioche and a baguette. You know, I, all I can dream of is Paris, you know, just uh, to go to my fav favorite bakery, uh, get a nice uh, brioche with a cup of coffee, sit at Place de Vosges and, and just suck it in. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm, uh, I'm a sucker for Paris. So nothing to be sorry about with that. Uh, that's very, very good of you both. And thank you again, once, once again, for both, both of you, for your, your time this afternoon, uh, your, your ideas, your thoughts, uh, and, and, and energy that you've given us. Uh, it's been fascinating listening to both of you. Uh, I like very much this idea of, 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 um, um, confidence and restoring the, the, the comfort, uh, and freedom of being together, which I think you mentioned, uh, Adam, with regard to what the hospitality should be doing. So thank you both, Adam Tahani, Alessia Genova. Thanks very much indeed for your time. Good afternoon. Sleeper 2020, a series of conversations with explorers, artists and thinkers in the world of hospitality experience and design.